2: Well, hello. Welcome, everyone, to the show. I'm Ryan Basham here with Shar Jacelle. Hello.
3: hello. Hello. We're filling in for Shira and Ryan. We're not going to burn it down. We're just going to have a good time. We're not going to burn it down. And I must say, because we had no show yesterday, I have to acknowledge, you know, the Pulse anniversary that yes. just passed six years. And I couldn't wait to get on air today because I was telling producer Shelby before the show... I am feeling the inflation in my pocket. Yes. I went to Ralph's yesterday to do grocery shopping. Only got chips, cold brew, and stuff to make a salad. 143 bucks. Are you serious? I kid you not. 143 bucks. I'm afraid to look at... The receipt when I leave the grocery store. Now. I'm <laughs> was, afraid to look at the receipt anywhere. I was like, did you punch my number in? Right? Because, you know, you get the discounts when you punch the number in. <laughs> you know, it just, I should mention, I also got like one bag of shrimp. Like, I'm being oh. general, but I didn't go like full, I got like one week's worth of grocery. That's mm. what I'll say. I'm one girl, one woman who lives alone, no man, no pet, no child, and $143. And you're not a fancy eater. No, no, all I do is eat sandwiches and salads. <laughs> I hate cooking because of lockdown.
2: I get like meal Delivery and I'm waiting for that to be $20 a meal. Oh,
3: yeah, they're gonna it's gonna climb, it's yeah, gonna climb because I can't cook. But I did can't. you have a good weekend? I had an excellent weekend, did you? That's good. Yeah, I had a pretty good weekend, pretty relaxing. I was glad that we had yesterday off. Yes. I needed a day off. Yes,
2: also, we get next Monday off, don't we? <laughs>
3: yes, June-teenth. yes, Juneteenth,
2: federal no. holiday. Mm-hmm. Thank you, mm-hmm. President Biden and Democrats. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, turning my nose up because
3: <laughs> not everybody needs
2: Juneteenth off. That's legit. <laughs> uh, we'll talk more about that, I'm sure. Uh, so let's talk about what's happened on the show today. So, there's been a lot happening in the news. News over the past few days, including round two of the January 6th hearing. So, we're going to cover that and what went down on Monday. And then over the weekend, speaking of the weekend, 31 members of a white supremacist group were caught on the way to a pride event in Idaho and arrested for intent to riot. We're also going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. We're going to go over those details here this hour. And uh, um, let's see. We're going to go on to what's in the news. So um, the Senate is sprinting to wrap up a gun deal by next week. So the negotiators with actual interested and committed Republicans are racing to finalize legislative text for a gun safety bill aimed to hold a vote on final product before Congress leaves for recess. In less than two weeks, which is light speed for any bill. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said this on Monday
4: For the first time in a long time, the Senate has a path forward on legislation that will save lives, reduce gun violence, and keep our community safe. Make no mistake about it, we have a lot of work left to do before we actually pass a bill. But yesterday's announcement was a positive and necessary step in the right direction.
2: In other news, Gloria Allen, uh, a legend in Chicago's trans community, passed away on Monday, June 13th. She was 76 and made a name for herself running a charm school for LGBTQ plus youth in Chicago. And Shar, you're from Chicago.
3: Yeah, I, I know Mama Gloria. Really? I, yes, she used to try to get me to come in and teach an etiquette class. I knew Mama Gloria from way back in the day, from when I was 16 and sneaking up to North Halsted in Belmont. She was just glamorous fabulous and all about community. This is very heartbreaking. I posted a, a picture on my Twitter and on my Instagram uh, from us in 2013. So yeah, it's it's really heartbreaking and the Chicago trans community is definitely taking a hit with this loss. Well, I'd offer you a hug, but we're across the room from yes, each other. Yes, we are.
2: Fly high, Mama Glow. <laughs> yes, thank you for everything you've done for our species. Um, so, uh, Fox News began covering the January 6th trials after previously refusing to air them. After declining to broadcast their primetime hearing last week, Fox News on Monday broke into its regular daytime programming to feature the latest round of witnesses providing its audience with a retelling of the events leading up to that day that is often absent from the network. Those tuning in, this is crazy to me, those tuning in on Fox experienced what a somewhat awkward moment as the focus turned to the network itself Mm. as the testimony of a former politics editor there uh, uh, who helped cover uh, the 2020 election uh, testified, which, I mean... I, I kind of love the irony there. Um, during the first hearing last week, Fox continued with their normal programming, and Tucker Carlson's ratings appeared to be the same, maintaining his get this three million viewers despite not covering the hearings. Craziness. Uh, yeah, I know. I mind blowing. Uh, more on the hearings coming up in this hour. What's going on in the t Report?
3: I must say, I'm interested in seeing how Fox is going to cover this because there, there's got to be some type of trickery afoot because mm. they're not going to give their audience the real and the raw. What is the guilty? <laughs> party Nevertheless, say? now. Right Ryan, did you know that spaz is a slur? I did you didn't not say that. Okay. I did not. Okay, neither did Lizzo, okay? Because Lizzo got tweets saying, spaz doesn't mean freaked out or crazy. It's an ableist slur. It's 2022. Do better. Now, what I will say is, as we continue to evolve, language continues to shift, right? And so in Lizzo, Lizzo has a new single out, and in one of the lyrics, she mentions that she spazzed, which, I mean, I think we all have used before. 100%. Like, it's part of, I think, American lexicon when yes. it comes to some Nevertheless, Twitter called her out um, with one tweet saying, Hey, Lizzo, my disability, cerebral palsy, is literally classified as a spastic, I don't know how to say this word, diplegia, where spasticity refers to an unending painful tightness in, in my legs. Your new song makes me pretty angry and sad. Therefore, I should mention Lizzo is going back in the studio to remove that word, To I'm going to call it the new S word, mm. and re-record the song. So shout out to Lizzo for listening to her fans, because not a lot of artists would have done this, um, especially, like I said, as language continues to evolve and shift. But you all want to keep it right here, because coming up in the T Report next hour, find out what Kevin Spacey is doing. And we also have a giveaway for you, Demi Lovato tickets. Yes. So you want to keep listening yes. to find out how you can go to, to Demi's concert in the Hey, if y'all don't call, I'm going. Uh,
2: So I'm excited about that. And next, we're covering what you might have missed at Monday's January 6th hearings. Don't go
0: anywhere. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
2: Well, it wasn't in primetime this time, but the January 6th committee held an eyebrow-raising hearing Monday in its second of seven promised ones, although there could be more. Uh, We have political strategist Drexel Hurd here with us to give us the rundown. Hey, Drexel.
5: Sure. Hello? Hello? Hello. Oh, hey, you got us? Hello? Can you hear us? Oh. I got you. I can hear you. Okay, all right. Great, all right. Great. Well, tell Give
2: us the rundown. What happened with yesterday <laughs> on the January 6th committee hearing?
5: These are the things I asked myself for today. What did happen yesterday? You know, I think what we all saw was, you know, day, what, day two or day three of these hearings. Um, you know, Democrats and Republicans, certainly, uh, Democrats have ceded a lot of time to Republicans so that they could present this case fairly so it didn't look biased. Uh, with Liz Cheney really leading a lot of this. Yesterday was a lot more testimony from Team Trump. Um, there was a moment where we thought that we were going to hear from Trump, came, campaign, manager, um, uh, from Stepien, Trump campaign manager. Bill Stepien, Bill think? Bill Stepien. Stepien. Uh, but he, uh, his wife went into labor yesterday, so he couldn't testify. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this allowed uh, the committee to kind of present the, his deposition, And the and other uh, evidence that was presented to them without a commentary from Bill, uh, who might have colored this a little bit differently for Team Trump uh, and might have made excuses for the president. Uh, In this case, he didn't have that opportunity. Uh, I imagine that for him, uh, that was probably best. So he didn't get wrapped up in it. And he let the deposition speak for itself.
3: Great. Um, I know that we've had this conversation before. At least I've asked you this before. But I do want to know. Uh, in the name of Fox News airing, you know, the hearings today on their network, do you think that their viewers, or at least some of their viewers, will walk away with a different perspective as to what happened on January 6th?
5: Well, no. Look, I think the for Fox News viewers, they've already got a skewed version of reality than the rest of the, you know, civilized world. Mm-hmm. However, um, you know, I think this is just more ammo, unfortunately, for the for the commentators and the and the uh, the bloggers on uh, Fox News who call themselves journalists to mm-hmm. say, hey, uh, you know they're too woke and they are part of the deep state and all the things that they could say about anybody. Oh, they don't support the president or whatever they're going to say. Uh, so I don't know that it's going to move the needle on them. I think they're going to ignore it just like they have uh, everything else. Uh, and Fox News will find some other things to distract them with.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's par for the course, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> who needs reality when we can have our own? Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, talking about Bill Barr, I've been thinking about him because, you know, last week he normalized, you know, using the word BS uncensored in broadcast. Uh, <laughs> um, but we heard a lot more from him yesterday. What, what did he shed light on?
5: Well, look, I think the attorney general, you know, uh, former attorney general really reminded uh, the people— uh, at least the viewers, that, you know, he was really on what they like to call team normal in the White House. And that, you know, they didn't believe all of this. They're really trying to keep uh, the president at bay legally, so that none of them would get in trouble. Uh, and, you know, he is trying to make himself out to be this savior of democracy, when in fact, we know that Bill Barr, right after he resigned, was praising Trump, on his Mm -hmm. way out the door. So it's a little hard to kind of, like, not that he's not believable in his deposition. It's like, you're the Attorney General of the United States. You are beholden to the United States of America, not to the President. And yet, on your way out, knowing all of this information, you didn't do what even uh, uh, the Secretary of Education did at the time, who, you know, everybody hated Betsy DeVos, you know, had said, after the insurrection, I resigned. So why couldn't the Attorney General of the United States who is saying this in deposition, not do that exact same thing by saying this is something uh, that it will be detrimental to the United States. And for Bill Barr to try to make himself out to be some martyr, I think that we should all be a little bit of skeptical on that side.
3: Don't they all sing the same song? Like they're re- releasing books. Everybody's trying to do revisionist history for the most part right. who are a part of this man's administration. Um, I have to know, speaking of Team Normal, what all is going <laughs> on with you know Rudy Giuliani and him being drunk? What's, what's the full dish on that? <laughs>
5: Well, look. I mean, I I, everybody has their own sets of problems, uh, so I can't speak to uh, you know Rudy's. um, Oh, we saw we saw in the Sasha Baron Uh, Cohen film. Yeah, we all saw that. (laughs) We all saw you know some of his some of his time at fundraisers where he appears to be uh, a little inebriated. But you know, but the reality is is that Rudy Giuliani was out there peddling um, misinformation. Uh, just like everybody else. So you cannot you cannot rewrite history when it is on tape. You cannot rewrite history when you're outside of what Four Seasons, uh, uh, you know, Home Depot-ish type places uh, yeah. and, 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 and promoting a big lie. You cannot rewrite that history when, I, I, when the history is in right in front of our faces.
2: Yeah, and it also says a lot that that's super plausible. Uh, we've got just a couple seconds left. Um, You know, what's the tea on uh, fraud uh, to do with the campaign's finances? Real quick.
5: <laughs> I don't know anything about that but uh, this is you know I think I think that I think that the uh the president's campaign team certainly used a lot of the campaign money that they raised 250 million dollars uh, that they raised uh for his legal defense fund to funnel that money back into Trump uh Trump uh uh properties and to uh, a campaign account and yeah. so you know he bamboozled uh his supporters just like he bamboozled America uh, and that's where we are. Today.
2: Yeah, there there was never there was never said fund. Uh, all right. There's some sure more to come. Thank you, Drexel. We'll have you back to talk more about Thank it. You. Drexel, Heard, Democratic political strategist. We'll talk to you soon.
3: Appreciate you both. Thanks, Drexel. Well, you all coming up this past weekend, a U-Haul truck carrying 31 members of a white supremacist group was caught on their way to an Idaho Pride Festival. We're going over all of the details coming up next.
0: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
2: So over the weekend, 31 members of the national white supremacist group Patriot Front, which you may have heard of before, were arrested Saturday in Idaho and charged with conspiracy to riot, which is a misdemeanor. They're already out, according to police. With us to discuss it is Will Carlos, national correspondent at USA Today. Thanks for joining us, Will. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Uh, So can you give us the details in the situation that have been made public?
4: Sure so what we know is that a uh, an onlooker basically saw these guys loading into a U-Haul truck he described them as looking like a small army immediately called the police and about 10 minutes later, the police pulled over the U-Haul and inside were 31 members of Patriot Front who have now been, as you mentioned, they were all charged with one misdemeanor count of, uh, ins- uh, of uh, conspiring conspiracy to incite a riot. Uh, they're all out of prison. I think they all got out of jail on a $300 uh, bond each and will be arraigned at some point in the next few weeks.
3: It's so wild, especially given that this past weekend was the sixth anniversary of, of the Pulse nightclub massacre, that this would be mm-hmm. going on. But I mean, I guess happy pride, folks. Um, I would like to know, uh, were they planning on acting violently? I feel like they were. I mean, they had their masks and their uniforms and their smoke bomb and they looked like a small army. Do we know if they were actually planning on inflicting harm?
4: That's a good question. And I think that's what they're going to try. And that's what the, the, the police and the investigators are going to have to try and figure out. I will note that Patriot Front's MO in the past has been to kind of show up, do like a flash mob thing where they kind of walk around and chant and then they get back in their U-Hauls and they go away. You know, so if they if they were planning a violent confrontation, whether it was with, um, you know, Pride, Pro, you know pride folk or with uh, antifa or anyone else who was around that would be a significant sort of change in tactics for them that would be a ramping up for them
2: well i guess people who go to pride are used to hateful people coming up and chanting but if they're bringing guns antifa and ain't, it,
4: ain't there
3: antifa and ain't pride yeah what? no I, I don't
2: remember <laughs> i've yet to meet a member of antifa um so uh, what are they facing if they're convicted on this charge and is it possible they could be charged with
4: more That's a good question. I'm not sure what the minimum or maximum sentence is for this, but it is a misdemeanor. I mean, I mean, I imagine it's probably a small fine or something like that. As for, you know, bigger charges, you mentioned weapons. The only kind of quote unquote weapons that I've heard about um, were shields that they were carrying and one of them had a smoke grenade. It's possible that they had other weapons and they could they could face other weapons charges. I mean, it's kind of it's really interesting that this happened in you know a very conservative area of northern. Idaho that's kind of been recently taken over by super right-wing, super extremist, I think it's fair to say, politicians. So I think that'll play a part in this. It'll be interesting to see how the whole, you know, how the prosecution pans out. It's also
3: telling that none of these 31 people were from Idaho. They're from all over the the United States. What is the United States government doing to combat domestic terrorism and white supremacy?
4: Well, that's a good question. I mean, I think it, it is fair to say that since um, president biden got into office there's been a real 180 in terms of kind of tackling domestic extremism i mean this went from white supremacy domestic extremism went from something that donald trump you know basically ignored and said didn't exist and endorsed and trickled down and endorsed to a certain extent i think that that's you know that's fair enough to say um but then Since Biden has taken over, this has become a major priority for the federal government. So, you know, bulletins, the national security protocols all talk about domestic extremism being the number one threat, as indeed I believe and a lot of experts on extremism believe this.
2: I just this is this is um, one part scary and one part bizarre. Mm -hmm. So should Pride festivals be on the lookout? I mean, what 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 what? What else could possibly happen if this is possible?
4: I think they absolutely should be on the lookout. So what we've seen in this movement, so basically what we've seen is on the extreme right, all of these different groups, a lot of these different groups, whether they're white supremacists, Proud Boys, QAnon followers, you know, radical, conservative, hateful Christians— Um, What we've seen is we've seen them coalesce from time to time over different issues. They all coalesced around the uh, anti-vaccine stuff, Then they coalesced around anti-mask mandates. And the big issue for them is currently trans rights and, you know, and pride issues, essentially. So what we're going to see, I'm afraid to say, is I I think that any any sort of overt Um, uh, you know, um, display any sort of overt, um, you know, basically coming together of, of, you know, pride folks is going to have to be watching out you know it's going to have to be really careful particularly if they're in kind of deep red states like Idaho I think they would be they should be very careful
2: well to Shar's point about what the federal government is doing what are the laws in place to to prevent and these things and arrest people on if they do try to do these things it's cuz it seems like if a misdemeanor is all they can be charged with there isn't a lot mm-hmm. of incentive to not do more of it
4: mhm Yeah, it's a catch-22, right? Because you get them on the misdemeanor before they've done anything wrong. You know what I mean? Like, had these guys gotten to where they were going and then gone out and assaulted people or, you know, done something else, they could be facing much more serious charges. So it's kind of this catch-22 of, like, you know, if you want to prevent these things from happening, then, like, I think a lot of people would argue, hey, it's great, even though they're only facing small charges, it's great that these guys were stopped, they were embarrassed, and, you know, they didn't go out and cause any real any real harm to you know to the people trying to enjoy their day, so you know when they do if or when there isn't a- a- an incident where people like this do get in amongst, um, you know, in amongst the folk that they seem to harm, then we can see, you know, the full force of the law come down on them. You know, they can, they can get charged with other things, but until mm. they do something, obviously there's only so much you can charge them with. But
3: yeah. It shouldn't even take all of that. It shouldn't have to take for people to get injured and or killed for something to be done. That's, what's really troubling to me. Final question, because we only have a few seconds. In what ways can LGBTQ plus people kind of, Make sure that you know we're hyper vigilant but still able to have fun
4: in these spaces Oh wow, so many ways I mean I think it's you know I think that having a an open um channel of communication with law enforcement is extremely important. I would urge. Um, I would urge folk to, you know, to, to coordinate with law enforcement and make sure that, there was, that there's a large contingent. Unfortunately, And I mean, it's so sad we're talking about this in 2022. It's absolutely crazy. But, you know, the, one of the things the police said this weekend was, look, one of the reasons we were able to, to, um, to adapt to this situation and to go and get these guys so quickly was that there were so many of us already out on the streets. So I think that's the number one thing is work with law enforcement to make sure that these spaces are protected and people protected.
3: Well, thanks so much for joining us, Will Carlos, national correspondent at USA Today. What an informative conversation. Appreciate it. Thanks
4: for having me on.
3: Yes, absolutely Coming up next What celebrity came forward To defend Rebel Wilson Against the journalist That almost outed her You want to stick around We got more great show for you Coming up after this
0: Let's go there With Shira and Ryan Channel Q Worried about letting Someone else pick out The perfect avocado For your perfect Impress them on the Third date guacamole Well, good thing Instacart shoppers Are as picky as you are They find ripe avocados Like it's their guac On the line They are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional terms apply
6: selling a little or a lot
3: It was just last week that Rebel Wilson came out and said that she found her Disney princess and revealed to us on Instagram that she is indeed dating a woman. Turns out, Ryan, that there's a whole lot of mess behind that backstory. Now, there is... A man by the name of Andrew Hornery, who works for the the Herald down in Australia. And basically, he wrote Rebel Wilson's people and said, listen, we got the scoop on Rebel. And she has 48 hours to maybe give us a statement because we are going to run this story. Right. So instead of Rebel giving a statement. She decided to, you know, beat them to the punch and control her narrative. Now, yesterday on The View, Whoopi Goldberg joined in on some of the backlash against this person because, you know, she said, if it wasn't your intention to out her, then you would not have done it. If you didn't want to do it. You shouldn't have done it. What I find interesting and what I want to talk to you about uh, as it pertains to this story is, as we know, June is Pride Month. We're currently smack dab in the middle of 2022's Pride Month. Andrew Hornery, the guy who is behind the column and behind the story, is indeed a gay man. (laughs) (sighs) I can't. I can't. He is a gay man, and he—let uh, me read his statement before we, we jump into this. So he says, as a gay man, I, I'm well aware of how deeply discrimination hurts. It is not the Herald's business to out people, and that is not what we set out to do. And so what I read from Whoopi was her response to that, because you're a gay man basically threatening this woman to come out with her relationship, because he said whether if it was a woman, man, or otherwise, that then, then they would have sent— they would have still sent Rebels people that same statement, which I don't know if I believe. What are your thoughts on this? It's Pride Month, and there's a gay man holding, you know, Rebels identity. Because we don't know how she... We don't know if she's a lesbian, pan, or bi, or what have you. Yeah. But still, in the name of Pride Month, go ahead. What are your thoughts? I
2: just... You know, it's normal in the journalistic world to ask for a comment from the subject of a piece in general. Yes. But... There is something specific about ethics around the outing of someone who may have previously identified to the public as a cisgender heterosexual person. Yes. And I think it's obvious, especially now, that you don't just do that. I mean, it's 2022. It's 2022. I mean, Perez Hilton used to do that. And, he, and his defense of himself was, well, I'm a gay man. And, you know, this is just, you know, if you're in the public eye, that's just, you know, how it is. And you need to be OK with that. But the reality is that for some people, being outed destroys their careers, could destroy their lives. Well, pe- people
3: don't care. And I'd argue, you know, as a journalist, I totally agree with you. It is protocol to get a comment. But there is a code of ethics. And uh, it's it's I kind of straddle the fence because what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And what I mean when I say that is... Who then determines, because it is so subjective, who then determines what is right and what is wrong when it comes to running a story?
2: Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of cultural norms. And I guess we've learned in the era of Trump that cultural norms aren't something we all necessarily agree on yeah. and are willing to uphold. But I, I, I don't think it's hard to assume that talking about someone's you know, identity that might be private. Is off the table unless you have their permission. I just don't. I don't. You know yeah. what I mean?
3: I feel, and I feel like there should be cert, a certain sort of kinship. I know that everyone wants their clicks and their ad revenue, but there should be some sort of kinship under in the name of the rainbow. Yes, you know, to not maybe take this angle with it. I don't know. I'm very, I don't know how I feel about this. Well, I can tell you how I feel about this. He's dead wrong. Yes. He's dead wrong for this. You don't do things like this. Yeah. Maybe don't touch these topics going forward, sir. Yeah. Uh, Well, I I should mention that they've canceled the column. Good. The column does not exist anymore, so the Herald knows that they were in the wrong. Well, better late than never, I
2: guess. Uh, Coming up next, more of top of the hour news, and we're talking everything surrounding the recent gun legislation. Don't go anywhere.
0: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan channel Q.
2: Yes. Yes. Demi Lovato with Heart Attack. I love that song. Yes. Yes. And
0: in a second. Are we doing this now or are we in a second? We'll, we'll do it now. We'll do
3: it now. It's right, Heart right. Attack. You yes. know, sorry, not sorry. Channel Q has your chance to see Demi Lovato September 28th at LA's YouTube Theater. And I gotta tell you folks, I've been to the YouTube Theater to see a concert and there is not a bad seat in the house. Amen. It's impossible to have a bad seat. Yes. You want to call right now at 833-772-2557. That's 833-772-2557 for your chance to see them on their Royal and the Serpent tour. We'll have your chance to win all week long but call now for your chance to win. Now Ryan, what do we have going on. Oh,
2: it's such an hour. Okay, I'm so excited about this hour. We're going to cover some real good stuff. Uh, we're chatting about what's going down in gun legislation regarding guns and what's next in Congress. But first, some top of the hour news. So, Labor and Tory MPs, those are the two major parties in the UK's government, uh, unite to demand trans conversion therapy ban in impassioned debate, which is, is, this is a, I'm excited about this because they skipped this opportunity a few months ago. On Monday afternoon, members of parliament debated a petition signed by more than 145,000 people People calling for trans people to be included in the proposed ban on conversion therapy, which they had ne- left them out of before. The petition states, quote, "...ensure any ban fully includes trans people in all forms of conversion therapy. It's shameful that the UK intends to deliberately exclude trans people from a ban in contrast to the approach taken by many countries, despite trans people being at greater risk of experience, experiencing the harm and degrading practices." So the government's own figures show that trans people are nearly twice as likely to be at risk of experiencing the harmful and degrading practices of conversion therapy. A ban needs to ensure all forms of conversion therapy are banned. Amen. Thank you, MPs. I can't believe
3: this. I'm so sick of this. It's a whole thing. I'm so sick of it. It's a whole thing. But go ahead.
2: Well, oh, all right. So Ohio Governor Mike DeWine signs, signed a bill arming teachers after 24 hours of training on Monday, um, which was down from, I think, 700. Uh, backers say the policy will make schools safer, but critics say that's not the case, uh, citing experts' analysts.
5: House Bill 99, as you know, also addresses the option, and it is an option, of arming school staff. Although this bill was in development well before the recent tragedy in Texas, that heartbreaking school shooting certainly, certainly increased the urgency to enact it. So as
2: I said, the new law dramatically reduces the amount of training a teacher must undergo before they can carry a gun in a school safety zone. Instead of 700 hours of training that was currently required, school staff will want will, who want to be armed will only have to get... 24 hours of training Um, more on this next hour Um, and on to uh, Brittany Greiner Brittany Greiner who is still in Russia in detention Mm -hmm. Um, it was extended through July 2nd the Houston native has been detained in Russia since February after authorities accused her of carrying hashish oil in her luggage while at an airport in Moscow The drug charges carry a penalty of up to 10 years in prison if Greiner is convicted. In May, the U.S. State Department officially classified Greiner as wrongfully detained. By the way, by uh, by Russian standards, 10 years is a long time.
3: I just wish that Brittany Griner would be prioritized much in the ways that we'd probably see someone else prioritize. Oh yes
2: Um, absolutely. We need to get her home Yes we do and and, and they're
3: going to continue using her as a political
2: football so we need to prioritize that This is actually the second extension of her detention since her arrest The seven time WNBA All-Star previously had her detention extended by 30 days after appearing in
3: a Moscow court early last month
2: On that note, Char, (sighs) what's uh, going on
3: in the T-Report? Well I gotta tell you Ryan Kevin Spacey has had his fair share of here stateside, Mm. but now it's traveled across the pond because the actor is due to appear in court this upcoming Thursday, June 16th after being charged with sexual assault against three men. Now he's been charged with four counts of sexual assault and one count of causing penetrative sexual activity without consent. Can I say that on air? The charges were announced May 26th and the Metropolitan Police have now confirmed that Spacey will appear at Westminster Magistrates Court at 10 a.m., on Thursday. Now, the American Beauty actor, like I said, has been accused of four offenses in London and in Gloucestershire. The first two sexual assault charges are thought to have been um, against the same man. This was back in March 2005. The third alleged assault took place in August 2008 when Spacey allegedly engaged in penetrative sexual activity without consent. And the fourth reportedly took place in Gloucestershire in April 2013. Now, there's so much more to come from this I had really quickly before we get up out of here. I got to know your thoughts on this whole Kevin Spacey thing, because this happened, you know, during the Me Too movement. I I mean, we're still in it, but, you know, it hit in 2017. What do you have to make of this? He lost his job. What was it? House of Cards. Yes. And he's got drama stateside. And now it's across the pond. I mean, look, obviously there's a pattern
2: here. It's hard to imagine that, you know, this isn't all true given how many instances there are. I mean, and it's heartbreaking. And it's also super traumatizing for those of us who are survivors Yeah. like that. I mean, honestly, I'm not a big fan of not applying restorative restorative justice to somebody. But in this case, I kind of want him to just go away forever. Like, I don't care if it's prison. I just want him to go away, period. Now,
3: let me ask you this. Do you think that Hollywood will rehab him in the ways that they've done some of the others? No. You you think Hollywood will leave him? Yeah. Do you think it's because the victims are boys? Because if they were women, he'd be rehabbed. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Yes. Something to chew on, folks. Something to chew on. That's the T-Report for this hour, though. You want to stick around because coming up next hour, I got more great stories for you. And tweet us at Show. We want to know what you think about some of these T-Reports and some of the stories we got cranking out today. Blow up my phone, y'all. Oh, no, don't do that. Y'all better (laughs) leave me alone. Don't you do that. (laughs) What's coming up next, Ryan? Oh, gosh.
2: We're going to talk about um, the uh, bipartisan deal in the Senate to uh, potentially break through and get some gun reform fast.
3: Alright, well looking forward to that. That's coming up next. You all stick around.
0: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
3: A bipartisan group of Senate negotiators say that they have reached a deal on a package of safety and gun-related measures narrowly focused on preventing future shootings, similar to the one in Uvalde Texas where 19 children and two teachers were killed in their school here to discuss more about that is Leanne Caldwell the co-author of the Washington Post's early 202 newsletter hi Leanne hi hey so this proposal hasn't been written into legislative text yet but what all does it outline
7: yeah it's it's pretty, I, you know, I don't want to use the word broad or sweeping, but it does cover quite a few things. What it does is it, um, let's talk about the gun provisions first. It uh, creates an extended background check for, for kids, people who are ages 18 to 21 who are trying to purchase a gun, an assault-style weapon, a gun, and it would go into their juvenile background, something that's not possible now. And so um those records are sealed when a per- the juvenile records are sealed when a person turns 18 so this one is able federal authorities to go back and see if there are any problems with a with a 18 to 21 year old background for purchasing a gun um it would create grants money for states to uh, put into place what is known as these red flag laws that is if uh, say, like, I have a uh, best friend who I think is becoming dangerous and might harm me or uh, 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 someone else or themselves. I can go and I can I can make a claim and say this person might not should maybe not have a gun in their possession. And then the court would look into if that gun should be confiscated either temporarily or permanently. Um, so it would provide money for states to implement those sorts of laws. And then finally, something that's actually pretty significant that Democrats have been trying to do for a really long time is closing the so-called boyfriend loophole. In current law and domestic relationship, if someone is legally married and it's an abusive relationship, the person who is abused can go and say that they they are being abused and then the abuser could have their gun confiscated not everyone is married uh there's you know as we all know long-term relationships domestic partnerships boyfriends girlfriends mm-hmm. and so this would allow those people to also make claims that they are being abused and so those are the gun components and then there's a lot of money for school uh safety for mental health telehealth those sorts of things as well
2: this is fascinating and by the way that that Girlfriend loophole thing—that's one of the many reasons why we wanted gay marriage. Uh, um, uh, so, um, what is not in this bill? I know that there are a lot of people unhappy with what it doesn't include.
7: Yeah. So, what's not in it is um, people wanted—I should say—people on the left wanted the age to purchase an assault-style weapon lifted from 18 to or to 21. Really, to have that be the minimum age—that is not part of this legislation. Some people wanted an assault style weapon ban, um, something that was in place from 1994 to 2004 and it expired and was never renewed. Um, That is also not in place. And I think that those are kind of The two provisions that people really wanted, people also wanted universal background checks so that anytime someone purchases a gun, uh, it would require a background check. Currently, that's not required at gun shows. It's not required for online sales, and it's not required when you're transferring a gun from one family member or close relative to another. Um, Those aren't in the bill. Um, it It won't have the votes in the Senate to pass. So what they're working on now is what they think are the parameters of what could uh, make it through the Senate where they need 10 Republicans at a minimum.
0: Ugh, well,
3: I see that... Well, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, go for it. I was just saying, I see that things keep being proposed and then shut down by the time they get to the Senate. It's perfect for the Republican ticket, so they can just keep complaining, 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 but then solutions are being proposed and they shoot them down. Is this bill going to be the closest that we get to satisfying both sides of the political aisle?
7: I actually, I think it is. I am actually even surprised that they came to this framework. I have been covering Congress for a very long time, um, and I the gun issue has been one that has been maddening and infuriating and perplexing, and it has really been thirty years since there has been anything that has been significant done on uh, gun legislation that since the assault weapons ban was put into place in 1994, um, you know, and that expired. And so we've had many, many mass shootings um, since then. Of course, there was Sandy Hook and, you know, the Mm -hmm. Emanuel Church in Charleston, um, El Paso. uh, There's dozens and hundreds, really, you can name, and nothing has been done and so the fact that they came to this framework, even though the proposals are modest and not as far as many, including President Biden, wanted, um, people are hopeful that at least this will get done and hopeful that it'll actually make an impact. And that's the question. Is it going to change anything? The mm-hmm. gun safety groups have come out in support of it. Um, like the Brady campaign, Giffords, yeah. Town. they've all said that, that this is a really good first step. Yeah. The NRA, on the other hand,
2: of course, they don't like it at all. not said
7: anything yet. Well, <laughs> I'm they surprised haven't said- they
2: haven't said anything yet. Yeah. That blows my mind. Well, I, I, I have so many follow up questions on all this stuff, uh, but unfortunately, we have to leave it there. Uh, but we'll have you back again soon. Uh, Leanne Caldwell of The Washington Post, uh, you yeah. co write the early 202 newsletter, which is actually really cool. So yeah. thank you for all the work you do, and thanks for joining us. Up next, Ohio Governor, of course, thank you. Up next, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine signed a bill that would allow teachers to be armed. We
3: have all the details coming up next.
0: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q.
3: All right. You all know on this show, we love talking relationship mess. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite activities. Politics aside, politics, (laughs) politics. Let's talk (laughs) about relationships. Ryan, I have to get your opinion on this story that we came across on Reddit. Okay, now this 24 year old woman was asking, was she being unreasonable for expecting her partner to help her pay part of a plane ticket. Now, just the truncated version of this. Uh So her boyfriend's brother is having a birthday party, right? Okay. And so his company, he out-earned her, by the way. His company, for whatever reason, is funding his ticket. Let's say that it's first class. They say it's a fancy flight, right? Whatever that means. So her ticket is $300 and not only is he not willing to pay like to help her pay for it, but he doesn't want to even pay the whole thing. So what needs to come out of this? What's your opinion on this? What do you think is going on? Because oh. my flag went up, my antenna went up when his company, why is your company footing the bill for your flight to your brother's birthday? I mean, well, Are lots, we missing something? lots of red flags. With the tiny, tiny caveat
2: that I think the word expect is a little questionable. Like, I don't know well, we should yeah. expect things, yeah. but assuming it was like a you know, civil, kind conversation, and she's just disappointed, which I would be too. I mean, I would be shocked if my boyfriend, which I do not have, uh,
3: didn't, wasn't even willing to, if I, I mean, the reality is he out-earns her, A... And not only does he out earn her, he just recently won five thousand dollars. I don't know if this is from what? Yeah, I don't know if this is from gambling or from the lotto, but he out earned he makes three times her salary. What? Oh yes what? And you know it was probably his idea
2: for her to go. Yeah. He'd probably, hey, you wanna come hang out with me while I'm on this business trip and, you know, go to my brother's party. Yeah. And especially if he invited her. But even if he didn't, let's say none of these things are true. Let's even say he doesn't make as much as she does. If you're in a relationship with someone you love, wouldn't you go out of your way? To bring them to something you want them to come to? Even if it's a couple hundred bucks? I mean, that's not a ton of money compared to like... It's not like you know, it's not like he's flying first class and she, he'd have to shell out 2000 to get her Well, that's
3: the thing. The extra $190 was so that they could fly together. Does he not want it? Like, if they live together, does he like, I, is he like, I need some space when we get on the plane? I also should mention, I love what you brought up about expectations because once upon a time, a therapist told me expectations <laughs> lead to disappointment. Mm-hmm. But you have to be clear with your expectations for with your partner. Absolutely. This also brings up something that I did see on The View yesterday, which was so funny. <laughs> this guy went on a date. He's a software engineer, right? Uh-huh. Went out on a date with a woman and because he talked about himself and was flexing his muscle, he he bought all of the drinks and okay. he assumed that because the waitress knew the woman, like, hey, you know, hey sis, that, they, that the woman was a waitress. It wasn't until he got home and I guess checked her LinkedIn or profile or, or Facebook, he found out that the woman that he took out on a date was a software engineer as well and he then got upset with her for not telling him. But it's like if you're spending the entire time talking about you, then yeah I'm gonna need drinks why would I then interject and he messed up by assuming that she was still a waitress just because she like these two once worked together the waitress and the woman I mean even if you know what somebody does and you're meeting them for the first time, it's still polite to ask what their life is about. Well, you know, people love talking about themselves, especially cishet men, child. I, I can I tell mean, you, I got stories for Let's Go There if you all ever want to have story gonna time have with We're
2: going to have a Char. special episode. Uh, sure, <laughs> story time with Char. Uh, up next, more Top of
0: the Hour news and
2: what massive accomplishment Jennifer Hudson achieved that she hasn't already. Yes. Coming up in the T-Report, don't go anywhere.
0: Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
2: Welcome back. I'm Ryan Basham here with Shar Gasel. Hey.
0: Hello. We're
3: having a good time today, I think. Yes, we are. Yeah. This is our first time working together. Isn't that lovely. With the exception, you know, we did do a Friday with Shira here. Yeah, but this but... is the first time with just you and I. Well, and we did say that day we gotta get rid of Shira. Which is kind of crazy, right? Because the flagship hosts are Ryan and Shira, and now your name is Ryan, and all I'm missing is an I in my name. Are we body snatchers? We got the same letters. Listen, what if they disappear one day and we act like nothing <laughs> happened? You know what I mean? We've always been here.
2: What's what are you What are you saying? I'm- right?
3: What are you talking about? <laughs> and she's white, and you're white, and Ryan's black, and I'm black. Sorry, oh, I just got not, really excited. Now we're getting into 3D chess. Because it's a whole flip-flop. <laughs> it is. It's like an alternate universe, like Channel Q, let's go there in the multiverse. Yes. Yeah. <gasps> okay. okay. We, more on that
2: later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've got lots going on this hour, but hang tight because in a few minutes, Shar's going to have an opportunity for you to win tickets to see the one, the only Demi Lovato. Mm-hmm. Wow. Sorry, not sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not, all right. Anyway. Uh, but first... Looking for a job, especially in this climate, can cause some serious burnout. So we're talking about how you can prevent that. And later, we're gonna talk about today's primaries, what states are voting, and what we are looking for in the results. Also, here's what's trending this hour. Um, the Alameda County Sheriff's Office is investigating a group of men, likely associated with Proud Boys, who disrupted a drag queen storytelling event on Saturday with homophobic and transphobic slurs. Drag Queen Story Hour is an organization that operates across the U.S., bringing drag queens to libraries, schools, and bookstores to read stories to children. How, how harmful is that? Uh, police were called to the scene and de-escalated the situation, after which the host, drag queen Panda Dulce, continued the event. Panda Dulce spoke in an interview about what happened. Uh, here's that.
1: Click it was that. extremely loud. There was a cacophony of voices just yelling over one another, taunting me, calling me a groomer, a pedophile, a tranny, and it. Um, asking, like interrogating the parents, why are you bringing your kids to this? I didn't feel safe because one of them was wearing a shirt with an AK-47 on it. And it said, uh, kill your local pedophile.
3: Oh, geez. Um... <laughs> and on the note this is becoming way too common yeah it's, it's ruining pride month to an extent for me I'm gonna speak for myself I statements it's it's scary especially existing at the intersections cause they're gonna do it black history month too
2: 100% 100%, <laughs> you know, 100%. Like,
3: it's, it's a lot this it's still a
2: time this is even more a time than it's been where just being yourself out in public can be dangerous yeah um uh Speaking of violence, though, and the and movements to end it, uh, thousands uh, attended a March for Our Ra- Lives rally in D.C. Um, so, 49 people were killed and 53 were injured in the mass shooting at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida, as many of us know, back in 2016. And for the sixth anniversary, anniversary, thousands of people carrying signs flooded the north lawn of the Washington Monument in a March for Our Lives rally. Um, all they joined hundreds of thousands more protesters who marched in different cities across the country that day. Uh, during a moment of silence for the victims of America's gun violence a man toward the front of the crowd began to shout and attempted to breach the event's main stage a source close to the stage told the washington blade who reported on this that the man threw a megaphone into the crowd shouting i am god rallygoers across the land or the lawn perceived the disturbance to be an active gun threat and hundreds dropped flat to the ground or ran from the stage which is probably what i would have done mm. organizers and police were able to apprehend the disruptor and luckily there were no there was no serious threat Gosh. Um, On to other tragedies. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, just saying anything. Um, uh, In this case, she's blaming trans men for the shortage of tampons, which lots of question marks on that one. So CNN reported that manufacturers have attributed the tampon shortage to shortages of the raw materials used to make them, including cotton and plastic, as well as supply chain issues. But... Marjorie has a different explanation. Here's a quote. The latest news is that now there's a shortage of tampons, and that's probably because men are buying tampons, she said, blaming trans men for this. War on women, she calls it.
3: I'm so sick of it. Oh, can I? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just, Marjorie is really a thorn in my side. Yeah. And if I say what I want to say, then I'll probably be off air suspended yeah, we'll, for three we'll, weeks. We'll
2: lose our license. It'll all be over <laughs> and it'll all be her fault. Uh,
3: but let's uh, let's get on to something a little bit lighter. Let's. What's going on in the T-Report? Yes, report? in the T-Report, my hometown hero, my girl, my Effie White, Jennifer Hudson, who also has a talk show yeah. coming, you know, in the fall. So she and Whoopi will be on air. And I brought up Whoopi for a reason, because Jennifer Hudson has achieved the rare status of becoming an EGOT winner when she won a Tony this past weekend for producing Strange Loop. Now, an EGOT refers to an artist who's gotten an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. And notable figures who have also, you know, gotten this throughout history include Rita Moreno, Andrew Lloyd Webber, John Legend, Mel Brooks, and of course, like I mentioned, Whoopi Goldberg. Fun fact about Jennifer Hudson, she is only the second black woman amongst this coveted group. It's 17 people, I believe. She's only the second black woman Black woman behind Whoopi to have an, an egot. And I believe that she well, Jennifer's only 40. Yeah. Like she's achieved this at only 40. And we should mention that out of the gate, Jennifer won an Oscar for her first film, which was Dream Girls, and then won a Grammy a few months later. So she's just been racking them up. I'm so, 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 so proud of her. Um, but you want to stick around because I got more tea report coming up for you next hour. Now, Channel Q has your chance to see Demi Lovato September 28th at L.A.'s YouTube Theater, where there's not a bad seat in the house. If you want to see Demi, call 833-777. 2557. Again, that's 833-772-2557 right now for your chance to get those tickets. It's for the Royal and the Serpent Tour, and we have, we'll have your chance to win all week. But if you want to see them, you better call now so I can give them to you. Right? Give us a call. All right. Give us
2: a call. Up next, we all know how stressful it can be to find a new job. Senior Vox reporter Alex Volpe
1: is here to say it doesn't have to be.
0: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
8: dot com slash Taylor Tay in the UK it's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey!
2: Well, welcome back, and it's time to talk about primaries. So um, there are four states going to uh, have their primary races today: Maine, North Dakota, South Carolina, and Nevada. Plus, there's a special election in Texas.
3: Good to know.
2: I know, right? Are you going to just go over there and vote somewhere else, real quick?
3: No, I, I would never do that. But I've been—I literally yesterday had to Google when Illinois' primary was because I'm mm. so sick of seeing the political commercials. Yes. Because I watch my mom's cable. Oh, <laughs> so. <laughs> So, as I'm streaming it, I'm like, oh my gosh, when is this going to end? It's
2: time. It's time. It's June 28th, I think. Oh, well, I mean, I guess, but then you know what? You're going to have general election ads just. Oh, gosh. It's going to be nasty. Um, There's also, so. I'm really interested in. I realized that this is a little bit inside baseball for me, but I'm a politico. Mm-hmm. Um, so, none of these races are the big, big races like we talked about in Georgia a couple weeks ago right. in terms of like national attention. However, there's really important stuff. Um, I'm actually really interested in this. Uh, there's a, a, a special election in South Texas, which is really. Um, yeah, to fill the remainder of a term that. So, a Democratic uh, congressman stepped down, and this is a place where the republicans are trying to test if they have successfully won over enough latino voters especially evangelical latino voters so there's um so they think they can steal the seat from democrats by running a latino
3: who oh they they just very well might be might. able to they even might. though uh, I've known for for the Latino population, well, Latino people to be conservative. When I think conservative Latinos, I think of like Florida. I don't necessarily think Texas. Well, there's definitely,
2: um, I mean, there's definitely two different populations of Latinx, you know, Americans in those two states. Yes, and um, which pe- is
3: it, Latinx anymore? Or is it Latine? La- that that
2: or latin a oh, is, is that what it's called yeah i think i think it depends on what <laughs> i think latin a is better for pe- if you speak spanish as a first language to say and latin a is with the e at the end yes and Latinx okay. is easier for people who speak english as a first language to say thank
3: you because I, I i can't i don't want to get lizzoed. So i know I'm right, just trying right? To, you know just
2: for everyone listening we're trying our best
3: yes um but uh mm-hmm. i think
2: in texas there's a, the issue is whether or not they're evangelical because evangelical issues that is
3: a very specific brand of christianity yes
2: yes, yes. and very much about abortion very much about you know same-sex marriage. So we'll see. Um, but they do try to make culture wars a thing in the Lat- Latino, Latinx community. The mm-hmm. Republicans do. Um, also, in South Carolina, there are two sitting Republicans being primaried by Trump-backed challengers really yes. and one of them oh, so one of those sitting Republicans voted to impeach Trump so this oh. is a big test in a very conservative state over whether or not there are sane Republicans left in the Republican Party
3: or if Trump owns it I, all I thought that we have already decided that there are no more sane Republicans left I mean and you all can throw tomatoes if you want to but I mean the proof is in the pudding I
2: completely agree with you however until this the people who used to be sane Republicans go start a new party and supplant yeah. the GOP as the other major party in this country we got to hope that
3: there are at least a few you know not totally crazy i people gotta there. say i'm not holding my breath anymore it, it does not seem like it seemed like that that the republicans that do seem to have some sense it seems like it's performative they never yeah. stick to their guns it's not streamlined it's not linear and yeah. they pontificate they straddle this line with trumpism and then like traditional republican values so which is it Pick a lane. What's it going to be, Liz Cheney? Come on now.
2: Well, you know, and a lot of the people who aren't that person just decided to retire. Yeah. You know, so it's like the ones who we we would want to stay and don't. Anyway, um, also, um, uh, Nevadas are very, very, very purple, like sits on the line state and all their primaries are today. Oh, is that
3: because of Vegas? uh, Oh, yes. If if Vegas weren't in Nevada, it would be all red, probably. And probably Reno.
2: Yeah, a little bit of Reno. Reno's a little bit liberal. Yeah, there's a big blue dot in Vegas and a
3: little blue dot, you know. <laughs>
2: um, and so, you know, and like uh, Catherine Cortez Masto, who's a first term senator from Nevada is up for re-election this year. So if they put up a really strong fight, the Republicans yeah. do, I mean, that's a race that could determine who controls the
3: Senate. I just want to know, well, I guess this is more so of a presidential question, like what is there to run on? It seems like mm. the Republican Party has no platforms to run on other than oppressing other people. And that might be enough for their constituents. But like, what about inflation? What about mm. government gun reform? What about people without homes? Seems like everything that they're talking about is literally twisting the arm of a marginalized community. Like, what are you all Running on
2: well, the the thing is, the reality is, you know, it's like the old saying, uh, it's economics, you know, stupid. It's all, and and the reality is that it is. Most people don't pay a lot of attention, so they don't know that elected officials don't have a lot of control over the economy. Yeah, can't do much about the recession. Yeah. but they're upset about the economy and the recession, so they're going to try and change. They're going to vote for the other party. Well, that's, even though that doesn't make a difference. Well,
3: that's what I said in our earlier segment. What I don't understand is, as as I've been peeling back the layers of this onion, it seems like Republicans find a complaint and mm-hmm. then. Congress and the Senate come up with a, a solution, and then Republicans shoot it down. Yeah, and it seems like it's literally just for a launching pad, so that when, then when they do pitch themselves as as candidates, they can have something to platform off of. Like, see, look what the Democrats are doing. Absolutely, look what Biden's doing. When there was a solution for the baby formula shortage, there was a solution for gun reform, yes. and you all are shooting everything down no pun intended that was not intended as a as a yeah. play on words but yeah. you all are literally kicking every solution down i don't understand well it.
2: you know people just um they they Get lazy, and I'm gonna people are gonna take this personally, but it's lazy when people say, you know, it's too much for me to understand, so I don't want to try, or it's all broken anyway, so I don't want to make an effort. Yeah, and that is what happens, and we end up having low voter turnout, and then Republicans get to get away with using inflation, which isn't a thing that anyone can control, and then they'll get back into power and they'll start um, making more trans bills happen, and you know, trans bans happen, and don't say gay bills happen, and stuff like that.
3: I'm not really a fan of Van Jones, but I remember him saying something along the lines of, you might not get everything you want by voting, but you you certainly can lose everything you have by not voting. Amen. Keep that in mind. Amen. Keep that in mind.
2: Oh, gosh, there's so much going on. Um, so, uh, look, uh, I just want to say, um, if you are out there and you haven't had your primaries yet, make sure you make, make it your business to know when your primary is, know where your voting place is, and if you can get a ballot in the mail, or if you already have gotten a b- ballot in the mail, get out there and make sure you vote. Or sit at home at your kitchen table, fill out the ballot, you don't even have to put a stamp on it, and vote. Get that and done. And gear up for midterms. Yes. Th- make sure, no matter what, in November, you're ready to vote, yes. you got it on your calendar, you know where you go to vote, and if and keep up with the details, because you know details matter. They
3: do. Oh, gosh. Um, so, uh, up next. <laughs> we have uh, Disney was recently in the spotlight for not speaking up about the Don't Say Gay Bill, but now they're taking pride in same-sex kiss that's featured in their new Pixar movie. Okay, Disney. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll talk about that next. Stick around. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Disney and Pixar's upcoming film, Lightyear, has been banned in four Different countries following the re-inclusion of a same-sex kiss. Uh, now, I don't know if you know about this, Ryan Basha. Tell me,
2: because I really only
3: barely know. So Lightyear is the origin story of the toy, Buzz Lightyear. I saw a trailer for that, yes. Yes. Kiki Palmer's in the film, by the way. Which oh, is she? so good. Yeah, it's got a whole bunch of good people. But uh it's it's almost like a prequel because mm. remember, uh, Andy falls in love with Buzz Lightyear, the toy, based off of the film. Uh, Lightyear. So they're taking it back but bringing it forward. Nevertheless Buzz Lightyear's uh, co-worker I should mention is a black woman and she is in love with the woman. She has a wife. And I guess somewhere throughout their story, like there's a montage that shows how these two women fall in love. And there is a kiss that is shown Mm. very innocently, but very true to the world that we know it. And like I said, it's been banned. I should mention that the UAE's media regulatory office announced on Twitter that the film, which is coming out on this upcoming Friday, is to be denied license for public screening due to a, quote, violation of the country's media content standard. Article 356 of the UAE Penal Code, among other laws, prohibits sexual activity outside of different sex marriage with a minimum sentence of one year. Similar laws apply to other listed countries who have been banned, um, excuse me, who have banned the film's public screenings. So... (sighs) God bless 2022. What are right. our thoughts about this? I mean, I'm glad that uh that Disney sticking to their
2: guns. Having said that, it's not as Shout if... out to Chapek. Yes. What's his name? Bob Chapek. Bob Chapek, yes, mm-hmm. you know, for for lots to <laughs> say about Bob Chapek. But anyway, yeah. um you know, the thing is, we shouldn't be fool ourselves. There are corners of this country where if they could they would ban it for yeah, the same reason ab- absolutely so, Absolutely. you know and in Russia you know they cut like a third or more out of that Elton John movie because so much of it was about his sex life
3: really yeah see I don't this is something I guess I, that I'll never understand I've been doing a lot of research in in LGBTQ history because mm. of this month and it was startling for me to realize that so much took place in the 60s except it just wasn't talked about in yeah. the name of the civil rights movement which was deemed more respectable because these were i just thought about the intersections of what it must have been like to be black and lgbtq in Mm the 60s because it's two huge movements going on at the same time at the intersections of your identity yes i just i wonder let me ask you do you think that we will see a day where being under the umbrella is no big deal Across the board.
2: Um, I don't think we will live to see that day. I don't either. I think that is beginning to happen in some co- corners of the world. Yeah. I think the, what we can do is try to move that ball forward in our lifetime so that future generations might live in that place.
4: Mm-hmm. But
2: I think for those of us in the LGBTQ family now, and it's, it's a matter of, you know... Make the world as best we can while we're here, but know that it's not a world that's always hospitable to us.
3: I got to ask, did you see Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness? Yes. Okay, well, catch this. That movie was banned in the UAE as well because America Chavez, who is gay, is the star of the film. Yeah,
2: yeah, they do, they do this all the time. And you know, and it used to be that all the major studios would just comply and cut things. And now they're saying no. And on one hand, I'm glad that they're saying no. But on the other hand, I'm like, I kind of want these people to see these movies and know in the back of their mind yeah. that a same-sex kiss was cut. So, you know,
3: I don't know. A huge chunk of Elton John's movie Rocket Man was yeah. cut as well because so much of it focused on his sexuality. Yeah. Let me just tell you all this before we go out because we, we got to go to break. Shielding these things, hiding these things, removing these things are not going to stop people from being LGBTQ plus. I mean, I saw, just not going to I've happen. I've seen so much straight sex in movies and on TV, well, and I am the, not. That is the counter argument: is that we are we are we were raised in a world where cis heteronormativity was everywhere and people still turned out to be gay lesbian bi pan etc etc real quick let me tell you this
2: i went to the spice girls reunion tour in 2019 on the subway there i met another spice girls fan who was openly talking about how she wasn't going to let her little son be into feminine things
3: (sighs) coming up we got more top of the hour news stick around you all let's go
0: there with shira and ryan channel q (laughs)
1: Oh, man.
2: Welcome back. I don't want to admit to what we're laughing about. I may or may not have known who Doja Cat was until very recently. Don't judge me.
3: Well Ryan Basham has me in stitches in
2: the studio today. It could be worse. Uh, Speaking of, that's me, Ryan Basham, and that's Char Giselle over there making fun of me for not knowing about the Doja Cat. Well you video. just saw
3: you you just saw the I'm a cow like and, this week. And that like hit the Twitter sphere Twitter sphere like in 2014 I want to yeah, say. Yeah, I'm embarrassed. I mean, I'm ashamed. Oh, it's I'll do okay. better. It's I'm okay. a bad
2: gay, I guess. That's
3: what I'm here for. <laughs> That's
2: right. I would I would be nothing without you. Um, <laughs> so we got great stuff coming up this hour and in a few minutes Shar has an opportunity for you to win tickets to see Demi Lovato. Oh yes. What? I do know who she is. Um <laughs> but here's what's trending this Ooh, hour. They are what? Oh, they are. Oh, gosh. Yes. I'm so sorry, Demi. I'll do better. I know better than that one. Got me. Listen, um, it
3: happens. It happens. That's no excuse, but it yes, does happen. Yes.
2: Both can be true. Yes. Um, so here's what's trending. Uh, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine just signed a bill arming teachers after 24 hours of training. Uh, so this, the bill he signed on Monday allows teachers to carry guns in classes at, or in class after 24 hours of training over opposition from teachers and police. Uh, backers say the policy will make schools safer, but critics say it, that's not the case, citing experts' analysis. Check it out. House
5: Bill 99, as you know, also addresses the option, and it is an option arming school staff. Although this bill was in development well before the recent tragedy in Texas, that heartbreaking school shooting certainly, certainly increased the urgency to enact it.
2: I just can't help but hear when he says option, like teachers can have the option to carry a gun, but women can't have the option to get an abortion. I mean, I mean listen, listen, it's, it's Ugh, so convoluted. Double standard. Uh, so the new the new law decreases. OK, so we said 24 hours. It used to be 700 hours of training was required. So which um, makes
3: sense if they're going to do it, even though I'm I'm firmly against this. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a whole thing. Uh, Moving on from that to another whole thing. Uh, So the Proud Boys stormed Drag Queen Story Hour with violent threats. Uh, The Alameda Alameda County Sheriff's Office is investigating a group of men likely associated with the Proud Boys who disrupted a drag queen storytelling event on Saturday with homophobic and transphobic slurs. So Drag Queen Story Hour is an organization that operates across the U.S., bringing drag queens to libraries, schools, and bookstores to read stories to children. Police were called to the scene and de-escalated the situation after... after which the host, drag queen Panda Dulce, continued the event. Fox News began covering the January 6th uh, hearings after previously refusing to air them. So there was one in primetime last week they wouldn't air, but they did air yesterday. Um, Fox News uh, broke into its regular daytime programming to feature the latest round of witnesses, providing its audience with a retelling of the events leading up to that day that is often absent from the network. Those tuning in on Fox experienced a somewhat awkward moment as the focus turned to the network itself and the testimony of a former politics editor there, Chris Steierwalt, who helped cover the 2020 election. So, lots going on. Um, uh, So, Char, uh,
3: why don't you give us some tickets from Demi, maybe? Yes. Well, I'm going to do the T-Report and then give you all the tickets, because you all need to hear what I have to say about damn Amber Heard All right. Amber Heard says she doesn't blame the jury for the verdict in the Johnny Depp trial stating that she actually understands. She also alleged that she did not receive fair representation on social media during her court case against Depp, which I must say, this is Char interjecting, I agree. There were so many people making fun of her that really caught me off guard. It's gross. Truly caught me off guard. You saw Lance Bass got dragged for it. Nevertheless, um, she recently sat down with Savannah Guthrie on the Today Show and you know And she also did Dateline on Friday. And the interview is now making its rounds. And Amber basically says the jury looked at the evidence. Oh, excuse me. She told... Guthrie told her, the jury looked at the evidence you presented, they listened to your testimony and they did not believe you. They thought you were lying. And the Aquaman actress responded, how could they make a judgment? How could they not come to that conclusion? Basically saying that Depp is a beloved character, which is true. If you were to take a poll, I'm willing to bet that the general public would know Johnny Depp before they would know Amber Heard and people are endeared to Johnny Depp. So it could be one of those cases of unfair, you know, what have you. But what I don't like about this case is I feel that it discourages victims from coming forward if I'm being honest, if you have the threat of being sued of defamation. Now, Demi Lovato tickets. Channel Q has your chance to see Demi September 25th, excuse me, September 28th at L.A.'s YouTube Theater, where there's never a bad seat in the house. If you give us a call right now at 833-772-2557. Again, that's 833-772-2557 for your chance to see them on their Royal and the Serpent tour. We'll have your chance to win all week long. But you want to call now because you don't know when I'm going to be reading this throughout the week. So if you want to see Demi call Shar. it's like a surprise when they tell us to do this so you better call now <laughs> you better call now that's the tea report for this hour stick around we got more great show for you
2: yeah coming up next we got the washington post talking about that ohio bill allowing teachers to be armed up next
0: let's go there with shira and ryan channel q All right. Thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Before we leave you, we got a little bit of a yes, Queen. Yes, we do. Sussex Pride, and it has nothing to do with Across the Pond. This is right here in the good old U.S. of A, which is a new LGBTQ organization based in southern Delaware. Hmm. Hmm. Who knew Delaware had a... Had a south? uh, (laughs) Southern Delaware. (laughs) (laughs) Nevertheless, they announced their official launch last Friday in a press release from its founding board directors. Now, the nonprofit looks to serve Sussex County and the state as a whole through a year long LGBTQ programming and advocacy. David Mariner, uh, who's the founder and the director, began to conceptualize the organization after noticing disparities and access to LGBTQ resources among different communities in Sussex County. That's nice to know. And that is our yes, queen. Can you say it Ryan? I'm going to try.
2: Yes, queen.
3: Yeah, you're better at it than am I? I am. Yeah. Oh, wow. Now, I got something. Now, David, I'm, I got my eye on you. I want to see where these funds are allocated. Right? And I hope that it's serving the most marginalized of those communities. Because, you know, trans women, trans people as a whole never get any of the funding. No. Typically, it all goes to gay men. I mean, and look, gay men can and spend... And
2: lesbians, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Both, both of those groups know how to spend money. Oh, oh, yes. yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, and you know what they're saying in Northern Delaware? How dare you?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, in fairness, this is
2: for the state and the county. But yes. But that, that yes. is our
3: yes, Queen, for this good old Tuesday. Yes, Queen.
2: Yes. Thank you all for joining us as well. I'm Ryan Basham. Uh, Char, Jocelyn here, filling in for Shira and the other Ryan. We're yes. going to figure out this matchy-matchy situation. Yes. Uh, coming up next is Loveline with Dr. Chris. Stick around for that and have a great evening.
1: I love us for real.